This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. Told you guys the Halloween decorations are going up. I'm in a Halloween mood. I got my Halloween bandana on. It's a freaking Sunday. Sparkles and I have decided on what our Halloween costumes are going to be for the Freak Show. Not this coming Friday, but the next Friday. And I think uh, I think you guys will not be disappointed. As well, I don't think you're going to be disappointed in tonight's show. Maybe, I don't know, I kind of half-assed it. I took a nap mid-afternoon. So I was in a little bit of a hurry to throw all this shit together. We've got some fun stuff to talk about. Cops in New York apparently have been ordered not to pay attention when people shoot up, which I say is a good thing. Philadelphia is banning minor traffic stops, which I think is a good thing. We're going to talk about the workers at Kellogg who are striking as well as an urgent care in Minnesota that's going to be closing down because the nurses are set to strike. Members of IOTSE, the production union, have reached a tentative agreement that maybe your TV shows aren't going to come to a halt. We got a cop whining about vaccine mandates. As well as the Delta CEO talking about his thoughts on vaccine mandates. We're going to hear from Graham Norton. Is that his name? Graham Norton might be like a British talk show host. Graham Allen. I think that's who I'm thinking of is the... Right-wing asshole. He's going to tell us not to let the elites run our lives. Whatever that means. We're going to read an op-ed about how vilifying Republicans is actually part of the problem. We need to not vilify the villains. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We've got footage from the Proud Boys Fall Love Fest. Where apparently they're letting everybody know that many of them are single. Where you can find them to try to hook up with them or marry them or whatever the fuck. Ooh, ooh, a a vendor in Florida at a motorcycle rally is in some hot water. Apparently they were selling a bunch of, you know, fuck Joe Biden, let's go Brandon kind of attire. You know, right next to Nazi symbols. So, you know... Like right-wingers do. We're going to talk about some people charged in the Capitol riot. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Lynn Wood has called Marjorie Taylor Greene a commie. A commie. I... What, what, what is your bad? Oh, oh, a quarter of the... Republican Party actually thinks that Trump will be reinstated by next year. Ooh, 
Trump has reiterated to some of his supporters that he ain't into the golden showers. (laughs) We're going to hear Katie Porter go off about mail delivery in this country. The dude that is probably Q, Ron Watkins, is running for Congress. Plus, so much more. I just happen to be scrolling by. This is this is I I haven't read this story yet, but apparently a foot a footyball game in Knoxville had to be shut down because fans threw shit onto the field. Oh, they're gonna get upset with me over my ad blocker. So, minutes before midnight at Nayland Stadium in Tennessee, receiver Jacob Warren came up a yard short of converting a 4th and 24, turning the ball over on downs to Ole Miss with 54 seconds left in the game. What followed was an embarrassing display of disgust from a segment of the Tennessee fan base. Trash and debris showered onto the field, an Ole Miss sideline from the stands, Primarily from the student section, the Tennessee band and cheerleaders had to be evacuated because they were in the crossfire. You can see pictures. They take their football seriously. Apparently this is one of the first games held at night there. They made a big deal about... We have video of it. I do want to say one quick thing and then we'll get into this. There are a lot of people in Knoxville right right now. That's a bad look. Yeah, And, and frankly, I mean... You just kind of look at social media and the number, and we look at the play here. And the spot was good, actually. Two, I thought the spot I'll, was good. I'll argue with me. I'll, I'll argue. The I'll, right I'll, arm I'll, got across the line. The but left arm was yeah, close but, to his body. But the ball was in his, yeah, the ball was in his gut. It, it wasn't where his right arm was. Uh, uh, and then here's the golf ball that comes out. Look, we, Usually we, I start off with, like, the hard news, but I just happened to see this. The good news is they saw how passionate – you know, SEC football is here. This isn't, it's not just Alabama and, and that we understand that. Bad news is they saw what they saw. And, and that's an embarrassment. Everybody's to, passionate, to Tennessee right? football right that's now. That's, and it's, called, it's called self-control. Yeah. All right. Uh, Didn't look so fucking bad. I've seen worse at wrestling matches. Take it back to a Tom and Jordan, guys. You call that a riot? That's a lazy afternoon in European football leagues. That's some bullshit. So, a gang with past abductions blamed for kidnapping 17 missionaries in Haiti. Let's watch the video here. I can get it working. American missionaries in the hands of kidnappers somewhere in Haiti. 17 people, including children, snatched by gangs on their way home from... Well, honestly, 
Haiti wasn't the best place for some American missionaries to be. Help in a WhatsApp group. NBC News has not seen or verified this message. We've reached out to the Christian Aid Ministries and haven't heard back. The abduction happening here in Port-au-Prince, the capital of Haiti. Already the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, Haiti has been plunging into ever deeper chaos. Thousands fleeing their homes in recent months and seeking safety at the U.S. southern border. In July, the country's president, Jovenel Moise, was assassinated in his home. Two Americans and 15 Colombians arrested as part of the murder plot. With the government divided and the economy cratering, much of Port-au-Prince has fallen to armed gangs who outgun and outfight police. Well, that's not a good thing. Kidnapping is a booming industry. Men, women, and children snatched at gunpoint for as little as $100. They snatching everybody up in here. This isn't funny. I shouldn't be joking about this. That's compared to 234 for all of 2020, according to the UN. Most of the victims are Haitians, but foreigners make a tempting target for those hoping for greater ransoms. A race now to find these people of faith and bring them home safely. Not high enough for this shit. Now, NBC News has reached out to the State Department. We have not yet heard back. But in a statement to The Washington Post, the State Department says, we are aware of these reports and have nothing additional to offer at this time. Willie? Well, good job, State Department. Haiti, let's hope On top of things. Sanchez, thank you very much. That's what you get with the sleepy Joe Biden administration. Meanwhile, over in Britain, they had a stabbing. Took out one of their MPs, the murder of Sir David Amess will change the nature of British democracy. This is according to The Economist. MPs are at their most vulnerable when doing an essential, unglamorous part of their job. Apparently, Sir David Amess was the quintessential local MP when party whips whispered that he might become a minister if he voted the right way. He laughed when his invitation to the Lee Duck race for the local scout group ceremonially released hundreds of rubber ducks went missing. His staff turned his office upside down. His relentless campaign to have South End on Sea, the town in his constituency, recognized as a city is the stuff of parliamentary legend. It was while attending a constituency surgery, Warlord, what's a surgery? What do they mean by surgery? Like he was in a doctor's office while they were performing surgery? When MPs meet locals to hear their problems. Oh, it describes. Oh, okay, okay. Where MPs meet locals to hear their problems. That he was stabbed to death on October 15th in an apparent Islamist terrorist attack. The murder was the latest in a grim series. Joe Cox, MP for Batley and Spin, was killed on her way to surgery by a far-right extremist in 2016. Even Tim's MP for East Ham was stabbed at 1 in 2010. Nigel Jones' MP for Cheltenham was attacked at 1 in 2000. His assistant, Andrew Pennington, died protecting him. Speeches in the House of Commons attract more attention, but all MPs have a second job akin to that of a social worker, 
supporting asylum claims, dealing with benefit inquiries, looking into antisocial behavior, and so on. When the system works, the latter informs the former. Called by the death of an elderly constituent who died in a cold house, Sir David introduced legislation to tackle fuel poverty. Campaigns he ran to ban the cruel tethering of animals to raise awareness of endometriosis also sprung from local concerns. He sounds like a good motherfucker. The constituency surgery is at the heart of his job, of this job. It's up to MPs to decide how to arrange them. Some insist that people book in advance. Others, like Sir David, prefer to be more relaxed, allowing anyone to drop by. Yet this sort of openness is becoming difficult to maintain. The majority of MPs report facing aggressive or intrusive behavior as part of their job. After Miss Cox's murder, parliamentarians were advised by police to screen appointments more carefully and to avoid meeting constituents on their own. Spending on security such as CCTV and alarm buttons has risen. So that's the lowdown on the murder of a British MP. Sounds like you lost a good one, my... Thoughts go out to the people of the British Empire. I'm not high. Dude got stabbed to death the other day at a town hall by an Islamist extremist. And this is one in a series of attacks by radicals in Britain, which looks like it's going to shut down the way they do their town hall system. He might be. I don't know anything about uh, British politics. However, the the things that the economists say that he stands for, I'm I'm down with that. I don't know jack shit about British politics though. That's how self-absorbed Americans are. We're we're up our own asses. I have no clue the voting record. The way the economist in the economist is a far right rag. The way the economist described him made him sound like a pleasant individual. Well, it's like Boris Johnson, when he gave that interview, I'm like, was I misled about this motherfucker? He doesn't seem as dumb as I thought he was. Is it cold in Britain? I'm pretty, Warlord, is it cold there? It's cold, it's cold there all the time, isn't it? It's pretty cold here. I can't fucking, uh. I can't open the doors and the windows right now. It's 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 that cold. I might crack a window when I go to bed tonight. 
put the flannel sheets on the bed. I'm I'm pissed that it went from being hot to being like fucking cold. Like I didn't get any any pleasantness. I love having the door open and the windows open. Nice cool breeze flowing through. I didn't get any of that. It went from being like 80 something degrees and muggy to being fucking 62 degrees today. Where where's where's my 71 degree weather? That's what I want. I want to be 71 for like a month. Where's that shit at? Come on. I like bundling up in in blankets. But like I like I want a, you know, 69, 70, 71. I need that for a couple of weeks. Well, I'm sitting here just chilling. Yeah, yeah. Truth. Apparently it's snapped cold in most of the continental United States. It would like I I had the doors open last night and I woke up incredibly cold. So I was like, ooh, 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 and I had to shut everything when I got up. And turn the heat on for a little bit. Now the heat's been off. I had, to, I had to warm the apartment up a few degrees. Now, Buttigieg says the U.S. supply chain issues will certainly continue into 2022. This isn't just going to affect your Christmas tree this year. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg predicted on Sunday that supply chain issues facing the U.S. will continue into 2022, but stress that Congress potentially passing President Joe Biden's in Biden's President Biden's infrastructure proposal is the best way to help alleviate those problems. I bring up Buttigieg because I want to also play the rights attack on him. Apparently he's been on paternity leave for like the past month or some shit. And the right went in on him nonstop last week. Even attacking the uh, idea of him taking paternity leave. Let's take a listen. Pete Buttigieg has been on leave from his job since August after adopting a child. Paternity leave, they call it. Trying to figure out how to breastfeed. No word on how that went. Paternity leave, they call it. Yes, Tucker, that's what it's called. What's your response? As you might imagine, we're bottle feeding and uh, doing it at all hours of the day and night. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to apologize to Tucker Carlson or anyone else for taking care of my premature newborn infant twins. The work that we are doing is joyful, fulfilling, wonderful work. It's important work. And it's work that every American ought to be able to do. Don't like you breeders. A new child into their family. I don't know why you uh, people have kids. What the fuck is what the fuck is wrong with you? Includes provisions for paid family leave. <clears throat> By the way, uh, we're pretty much the only country left that doesn't have some kind of national policy for paid leave. I think it's down to us and Papua New Guinea. It is long past time to make it possible for every American mother and father to take care of their children when a new child arrives in the family. We're thrilled for your family, and we're happy that parental leave is a reality for so many in the U.S. 
looking back as a cabinet well, secretary. somebody needs to Why when when you chance do you get or the to fuck transportation make an official announcement when you went on you got kids to look at and why did you not appoint an acting secretary while you were away well so the way this works is there is a deputy secretary i'm i'm fucking selfish when i when i was a wardrobe studio photographer people used to ask me like oh you're pretty good with kids well, first of all no i'm not i was good at Tricking them into getting them to do what I wanted for photographs because I'd done it for so long. But, like, they're like, oh, do you have kids? I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to share my PlayStation. That's the fucking truth. I'm selfish. I don't want to fucking kids. I don't want to have to give up my time to take care of something else. Fuck that. Maybe other people are different. I like my cats. Phenomenal work and who, as deputy secretaries do, can fill in when a secretary is not available. Now, look, even though I've been on paternity leave and I'm proud of it, uh, obviously, given the nature of my job, when you take a job like mine, you understand and accept that you're going to have to be available uh, 24-7, depending on what's going on, and you're going to have to engage. And I did, even if that meant taking a phone call or making a decision from a hospital room. Uh, but uh, I am so thankful for the phenomenal work that my colleagues at the Department of Transportation have done and are doing. And I'm thankful to be part of an administration that is walking the walk on our family values. Well, congratulations again to you and Chaston on Penelope and Joseph. I mean, yes. I mean, it, props to this motherfucker for like adopting kids that somebody else put up for adoption and giving them a good home. I I think so as well. Bringing a child into this world is not the best decision at the moment. Just because like shit's kind of fucked up. But also, we have a chance to change it. Oh, thank you. I thought I sent you a picture of it. It was like, hey, check out my Halloween decorations. You miss, I like the whole countdown had spooky music and shit. The Jacko Troll. Now, I reused the, the Jack O' Lantern I had last year. I, that, that was. That was from last year's Halloween decorations. Everything else is different, though. I haven't even checked on when... Uh... Oh, did you say... I thought you said Banner. Did you say Bandana? Oh, Bandanner. You said Bandanner. Okay. I've got a couple of Halloween bandanas. I thought I, I'm in I'm in a festive mood. I watched uh, I watched a Halloween movie last night. We watched Hocus Pocus last weekend. Like I I like to keep my shit in October, and the closer it gets to Halloween, the more I break out the Halloween shit. I've had my Halloween playlist going on Spotify. I've got the Halloween decorations up on the Troll Patrol now. It's it's fucking it's Halloween time. But now get ready for Thanksgiving travel chaos due to unvaxxed TSA workers. This is according to the New York Post. Thanksgiving travel could be a chaotic mess because Transportation Security Administration workers are largely unvaccinated as the federal deadline approaches, potentially short-staffing airports during the busy holiday, according to experts and officials. An abysmal 40% of TSA employees are good. Get rid of them. Oh, Hitchcock is all. You got to reckon with like Hitchcock was a horrible motherfucker. He was a horrible god. Man, was he a brilliant director. I 
I saw um I saw a story that said it's um you get more protection mixing the vaccines possibly. So if you had the first two doses of Pfizer, you might want to get a Moderna booster apparently. But like I did not get the chance to read that article. I just saw the headline. Do not take my word for that. I meant to put it on the uh, the list of shit to look into. That is correct. Like, only the, the Pfizer's been approved for a booster. But also, once again, going back to that issue, I wish we would vaccinate the rest of the world before we give everybody boosters to try to, you know, prevent the next wave so we can keep the economy going through the holiday season. That's what they want. He, he he was really he was really fucking abusive. Like the the story of how he treated uh, what's her name and the filming of birds. Like he he was he was a shit person, very controlling, very abusive. But yeah, fuck the uh, fuck the TSA workers. I, we're gonna, I, I didn't read this story. Uh, I didn't know that it was unvaccinated TSA workers, or I probably would have put it down there with the, the cop whining about getting the vaccine. I had it up in here with the transportation shit. Security theater is done. TSA, TSA is one of those, uh, agencies that we absolutely could get rid of. Let's go back to the pre-9-11 days in airports because they weren't preventing anything. They did, um, what they hired that firm to come in and like everything they tried to sneak through TSA, they got through. This was probably five, six years ago, something like that. The TSA did not prevent fucking anything. They absolutely do more harm than good. While violating our civil rights. Thank you very much, Mr. Chair. This is Representative Katie Porter uh, grilling somebody on mail delivery. This important hearing. Miss um, Perez, your office, the Office of the Inspector General, released an audit of the Postal Service in September. Let me get you a little more volume. And basically, they graded the U.S. Postal Service on its ability to deliver mail on time. And the audit found that by the spring of 2020, mail delivery was right around 92%. That is about 92% of the mail got there within the standard of on time. That dropped to 80% by the fall of 2020. And by January of 2021, was hovering at around 61%. I realize this has gone up somewhat since then, but I wanted to ask you, when did Mr. DeJoy take over as postmaster? If you, do you know? At the summer of 2020. The summer of 2020. So June of 2020. And what happened after he took over? Did the rate of on-time mail delivery go up or down? <laughs> Went down. And um, I'm a professor and I used to grade 
great, do a lot of grading. And 92% is, is considered widely like an A minus. Um, 80 is considered hanging on, hanging on to the lowest possible B. 60% is at best a D minus. The Postal Service delivers 48% of the world's mail. It is an institution, it is a civic treasure, and we let it get all the way. What you found is we let it get all the way to that D minus level. Um, how, in your opinion, did this happen? Now space. So yes, last summer when the postmaster arrived, he had implemented several measures and operational changes. He fucked it up. Additional initiatives that were implemented by the postal executives, and it was in order to. uh, By the way, Representative Katie Porter is my pick to get behind for progressives in order to primary Joe Biden or go up against Vice President Harris come the 2024 race. I think we need to. Coalesce around somebody right now, and Katie Porter is my pick. She's amazing. Improve service as well as um, ensure financial stability. And as we all know, those initiatives were rolled back a few months after that and prior to the uh, 2020 general election. But one of the things we had found with regards to the rollout of those operational changes as well as the rollback was that there was inconsistent um, uh, communication amongst the, the Postal Service employees. So it, it, it you know, led to um, having um, you know, issues and challenges with regards to consistent um, implementation of those initiatives across the board and across the country. So to summarize, after Postmaster DeJoy took over, he began to make changes. And what followed from those changes was this precipitous decline. And what we ended up with was postal delivery that was borderline failing because we had a postmaster who, in my opinion, I'm I'm not saying you said this, but in my opinion, was failing and continues to fail today. I I wanted to ask something else that you, in your testimony, which is your office talked about employee availability. Um, Why weren't postal facilities prepared to manage their workload when workers went on paid leave? That, I mean, that's a good question. I, I respect that question. Um, as far as, you know, why... She's good at asking questions, yes. For it, I think that would be better uh, asked of the Postal Service. Um, when we do go out to different facilities or delivery units, we do uh, analyze the postal data to determine what employee availability is like as far as percentages of employees that are available to um, conduct their jobs and, and process and transport and deliver the mail. But um, it is definitely one of the causes uh, as things had exacerbated during the COVID-19 pandemic as far as the uh, hindering the Postal Service's ability to to, uh, deliver the mail on time. I mean, it seems to me that postal workers um, are going to have, they're going to get sick. They're going to have family members who get sick. They're going to have children. They're going to have medical issues and that we ought to be planning for this paid leave. One of the recommendations you made um, is to increase employee engagement, try to retain these workers. Um, And I think that paid leave is one of the tools we have to maintain people's connection to their workplace as they go through these transitions. Um, Mr. Morgan, I just wanted to turn to you for one second. This is a map um, of service. I love how she always has visual aids. On mailing things from my area, the Santa Ana area. Um, 
I am hard pressed to understand why it is almost faster for me to walk my mail halfway across the country than it is to deliver it through the postal service. A damn good question. Gentlelady's time has expired, but Mr. Morgan may respond to the question. I am not aware of um, the congresswoman's area, so I can't answer that. Is it fast? Well, I'll yield back. It's all over the country, dude. It takes nine, eight days to deliver mail from Santa Ana to Portland, Oregon. And I'm not that fast of a walker. I'm not in that good of shape. I could walk there in 13 days. So you're you're Kirsten Cinema. You're not even having the walk time. Could could beat the the post office. She's been training for triathlons and marathons and shit. Oh fuck. Remember, right-wingers are morons. Nearly a quarter of Republicans still think Trump is likely to be reinstated in 2021. Eight. Eight months after former President Donald Trump left office, almost a quarter of Republican voters still believe he'll be reinstated in the White House before the end of 2021, despite numerous failed predictions among fans and supporters of the QAnon conspiracy theory. Even though the U.S. Constitution doesn't provide a mechanism for the reinstatement of a president who lost an election, 22% of Republican voters still think Trump will likely be reinstated before the end of, of the year, according to a new Economist YouGov poll. Of those, 11% say it is very likely that Trump will be reinstated, and 11% say it is somewhat likely number of Republican voters who believe that uh, about Trump was far greater than Democratic voters, 12%, and even slightly greater than the 19% of Trump voters. Trump is assuring GOP donors... That he doesn't enjoy being peed upon. The former president decided a National Republican Senatorial Committee retreat was the right time to set the record straight on the P-tape, which no one else has thought about in years. Oh, I got to log in to read this story from Rolling Stone. Ah, shit. Well, I guess we can all surmise the details A Capitol Police officer has been charged with obstructing the riot investigation. Officer Michael Angelo Riley. Oh, we got a video here. Let's we'll let the real reporters do their job. Real, real reporters. Is this arrest of a Capitol Police officer? NBC News Justice correspondent Pete Williams is following this. 
Our Capitol Hill correspondent, Leanne Caldwell, is also joining us. Make you log in for the piss stuff. He, we what? what a miss. This afternoon will be allowed to remain free during this process under certain conditions. Right. He had an initial court appearance. No plea that comes later on this indictment. He was allowed to be released, if, provided he doesn't have any weapons and can't be in contact with a specific group of people, although the court, uh, that was under seal about specifically who he can't be in touch with. Oh, he's a member of the Proud Boys or some shit. What else, Pete, can you tell us about this situation? Well, according to... I, apparently, he doesn't have a water sports fetish. The thing uh, the thing about the P-tape was that he, he wanted them to defile a bed that Obama had slept in. He wasn't wanting it on him because apparently he actually does have this, this weird thing about germs. So, like, uh, apparently he would never let a woman piss on him. I, he's not allowed to have contact. Like, I, I've, uh, people around him have said, like, he has this germ phobia thing. I mean, I'm not going to kink shank, like, I'm, I'm into the water sport. So, like, I'm not kink-shaming someone. But that's, that's, um, like, people around him have said, like, he's a germaphobe and shit. And as I understand the dossier, that's, that's what it, he sat in a chair across the room and the prostitutes pissed on the bed that Obama slept in, which is... Of weird things Trump does, I'm totally believable. Maybe. I don't... I don't know. But now we've we've thought for a long time that there were some cops on the inside in the Capitol Police that were working with the insurrectionists. But they won't let us know what group he's not allowed to be affiliated with. Like, uh, Proud Boys, Three Percenters, Oath Keepers, one of those. Uh, That was under seal about specifically who he can't be in touch with. I I wouldn't doubt that. Well, according to the uh, indictment here, he reached out to a man before the riot. Now, I should make clear, the charges don't say that he had anything to do with facilitating the riot or anything to do... With anything that happened on or before January 6th. But what the indictment says is that on the 1st of January, he actually reached out to a Virginia fishing boat captain. Now, he's not named in the court documents, but law enforcement officials tell us who this man is because they both had an interest in fishing. And then after the riot, uh, when Sounds fishy. this man had posted images and videos on Facebook saying that he was actually in the Capitol, according to the court documents, he sent him a message that said the following. Take down the part about being in the building. They are currently investigating and everyone who is in the building is going to be charged. Look out and said to him, obstruction of justice is a very serious allegation and also said, I'm a police officer who agrees with your political stance. Yep, yep. So based on that and, a, and a several other messages in which he keeps telling the man to take down social media that suggests that he was in the Capitol, he's been charged with obstruction. Holy f- hundreds, aren't there? I think the FBI has identified a couple of hundred 
of these just scattered militia groups, but I, I named off like the most famous representations of them. But they're like, we keep hearing about new ones, the Michigan Wolverines or whatever the fuck that were being coached on by the feds to kidnap the governor. I would assume it includes Christian nationalists. I am so stupid. MAGA fan who attacked Officer Mike Fanone called himself a piece of shit. I'm not smart. I'm so stupid. I'm an asshole. I'm a piece of shit. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Daniel DJ Rodriguez, the Donald Trump fanatic who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, was arrested for electroshocking D.C. Metropolitan Police Officer Mike Fanone a month after he was identified in a HuffPost story. Spilled his guts to the FBI after his arrest, repeatedly crying as he told special agents he was a fucking piece of shit and worried that his mom's going to find out. Sounds about right. While extracting Rodriguez's confession, the FBI special agents who interviewed him suggested they could help shape the narrative about his conduct and combat the story that, as they put it, was being told by Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and HuffPost. Then he gets to choose if he writes a story today with us, but right now the story that's being told is by DC, is by Antifa, BLM, and Huffington Post, an FBI special agent referred to as Elias said. <laughs> uh, the fucking the agent says we're not trying to trick you we just want you to put your everything on the table I don't want it to be we're not we're going to pull uh, to put all our cards on the table I'll tell you right now there's other people today that are being talked to and the remember we talked about the story that's being written by about Danny right <laughs> Rodriguez, according to a transcript of his FBI interview filed in court by his uh, filed in court by his defense attorney on Friday, said that he became radicalized watching videos on Infowars and from conservative commentators like Steven Crowder, Mark Dice, and the Hodge twins. They convinced him of the conspiracy theory that Trump actually won the election. Rodriguez repeatedly referred to himself as stupid for believing that the pro-Trump mob he was a part of could take over the U.S. Capitol and install Trump as president for a second term. Are we all that stupid that we thought we were going to do this and save the country and it was all going to be fine after we really thought that? That's so stupid, huh? He told the FBI. I understand what it... It's very stupid and ignorant. Stop being ignorant. And I see that it's a big joke. That we thought we were going to save the country. We were doing the right thing and stuff. I get it. Rodriguez told the FBI that he volunteered for Trump and did door-to-door and everything for Trump's campaign and said that he wanted to join the Army once Trump became president and even went to the recruiting office. They didn't take me. And I just thought that I could still contribute by, you know, I didn't take an oath, but I could still stand up for those same things on my own, you know? 
Rodriguez, like millions of Trump supporters, was suckered by ludicrous conspiracy theories about a stolen election, he told the FBI. A Capitol rider represented himself in court, and it went very, very wrong. He's one of several accused Capitol rioters who have fired their lawyers and chosen to represent themselves in court. A January 6th Capitol rioter admitted to new crimes he hadn't been accused of during a court hearing this week, serving as yet another reminder of why you should never try to act as your own lawyer. Brendan Fellows, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wasn't that Tracy Morgan's character on Saturday Night Live? Hi, I'm Brandon Fellows. That was Brian Fellows. My bad. 27-year-old from Albany, New York, was charged with multiple crimes, including obstruction of an official proceeding, which could land him in prison for up to 20 years. Fellows is accused of entering the Capitol building during the January 6th riot. He was caught on video smoking cannabis in Oregon Senator Jeff Merkley's office. Well, I mean, he was in the Oregon Senator's office. On Tuesday, while testifying in his own bond hearing, he admitted to preparing for the wrong kind of hearing. Fellows accidentally described to the court actions that could constitute more crimes. He admitted to listing the phone number of a New York State judge's wife as his own in an attempt to get the judge dismissed from the case based on a supposed loophole he read about online. Fellows also admitted to asking his lawyer if he should do that in his federal case. Fellows testified that his lawyer told him, You did not find a loophole. Brandon, I promise you, if you do this with Judge Trevor McFadden, you will be arrested. He got good legal advice. Perhaps unsurprisingly, Fellows' motion to have his bond status revoked was denied. McFadden told Fellows that he admitted to obstruction of justice and perjury on the stand. You've admitted to incredible lapses of judgment here on the stand, not least of which was seeking to disqualify a New York State judge. McFadden, a U.S. District uh, Court judge nominated by former President Donald Trump, told Fellows. <laughs> I, I, I don't re-educate people. I just read the news. Credit card king Biden indeed. That's why I laugh so hard. Anytime fucking right wingers call him a commie. Like he's bought and paid for by the US credit card industry. How much more American can you fucking get? <laughs> Speaking of commies, Trump allies, Lynn Wood and Marjorie Taylor Greene exchange right-wing insults in a public feud. Right-wing lawyer Lynn Wood and Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene have been publicly attacking each other amid an escalating feud between the former political allies, Wood and Greene are controversial figures and staunch supporters of former President Donald Trump. Both appear to have expressed belief in the QAnon conspiracy theory, and both have spread baseless conspiracy theories about the 2020 election being fraudulent. 
Yet, they have fallen out in recent months and been engaged in a war of words on social media. The feud appears to have begun months ago when Marjorie Taylor Greene replaced Wood as her attorney in a defamation case. Oh, it, oh, it made it sound like Marjorie Taylor Greene was replacing Wood in a defamation case as an attorney. And I was getting ready to say, I didn't think she's an attorney, but she replaced... Wood was her attorney, and she replaced him with somebody else. After this, Wood ramped up criticisms of Green, frequently, frequently accusing the congresswoman of not doing enough to try to overturn the results of the 2020 election in Georgia and calling her a communist or a communist sympathizer. He added that Green's calls to impeach President Joe Biden meant that she had accepted his victory. Lynn Wood told Insider that he and Green were no longer aligned in trying to overturn the results of the 2020 election. I have been publicly calling for my uh, former client, Representative Green, to take action to pressure Georgia officials to investigate and fix the 2020 Georgia election because of the massive evidence of election fraud and illegality, which is publicly available. Woods said he is full of shit. Never happened. In response to his Telegram messages on Saturday, the Georgia congresswoman took to Twitter and Telegram to question Woods' motives and asserting that he is not one of us. Green pointed out that Wood was fired by his former client Kyle Rittenhouse, the teenage Trump-supporting shooter accused of killing two people during a Black Lives Matter protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Wood previously raised $2 million for Rittenhouse's bill and then tried to take the money back after being fired. Only monsters hurt innocent people in their greatest time of need, Green said about the incident. She said about the murderer. She said about defending the murderer in court. Not that he's not entitled to legal defense. He absolutely is. I believe in the Constitution, unlike right-wingers. She then encouraged her followers to donate to a fundraiser for Rittenhouse. If you guys haven't seen it, go back on YouTube. Watch, I did an interview with Kyle Rittenhouse shortly after he got out of jail. Man, did I ever piss some people off about that. There are people that have not watched me since that. But you know what, guys? Vilifying Republicans is part of the problem. It's not part of the solution. This is according to an op-ed in The Hill today by Robert Cherry. Bob Cherry over here. Isn't that the name of Robert Forrester's character on Jackie Brown? Who Who the fuck even is? Oh, National Review guy. That's him. Professor at Brooklyn College. Member of 1776 Unites. That's who we're reading from here. Robert Cherry. We should all condemn in no uncertain terms the violent January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol. George Packer, in his book, Last Best Hope, claims a mob of freedom-loving Americans hunting down elected representatives to kidnap and kill. What? New York Magazine, Jonathan... So he's he's chiding these people, I think. Jonathan Chait 
liken these efforts to the 1933 Rush Tag Fire. Murderous images are not consistent with at least some of the evidence of what happened in Washington while Congress was certifying the 2020 election results. So he's, he's even claiming it's not even an insurrection, I guess. None of those arrested after the Capitol breach have been charged with gun possession or assault while inside the Capitol. So... Moreover, one of the most identifiable groups among the protesters, the Proud Boys, may have had no intention to use violence or attack the Capitol. That's not fucking true. According to an embedded FBI informant, even liberal commentator, he's not very liberal anymore, Glenn Greenwald, apparently was disgusted by false and exaggerated claims made about the events of January the 6th. Capitol assault also has been used as a blanket condemnation of all those who gathered in D.C., of that day to protest the election's outcome. About 20,000 people attended the rally at the White House, and perhaps about 1,000 of them moved to the Capitol, where somewhat over half of them actively participated in the breach. That means about 3% of the day's protesters took part in the assault, and yet the entire group that peacefully rallied was uh, indicted in social media and on uh, social uh, some media posts. Yes. Yes, motherfuckers. Because you believe bullshit. And yet, that entire group that peacefully rallied was in... Oh, I already read that part. Compare this to the rallies across America following the May 2020 death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Most media outlets took pains to distinguish participants in looting and vandalism in some cities from the vast majority of protesters who were peaceful. Well, that's because, as I've covered many times, a lot of the... Most of the violence during those protests came from right-wing boogaloo boys... The vilification of all the same people he's defending in this article right now. Indeed, the vilification of all who rallied at the White House is extended by some to anyone who is Republican. Yes, yes, the entire Republican Party is culpable in this. For some time, Republicans have been broadly labeled as white supremacists because you are. After the Capitol assault, they increasingly have become accused of threatening democracy because you are. As Bill Zeiser reported in The Spectator, liberal commentator Dean Obendala claimed, if you ever wondered what it was like to live in early 1930s Germany, you were getting a taste of it courtesy of of former President Trump and the GOP. On Twitter, he offered that the GOP is no longer a political party. It's an openly fascist movement that is undisputed. That's true. I agree. Openly fascist movement. Plenty of fucking evidence. Indeed, a summer 2021 survey conducted by the University of Virginia Center for Politics found that 56% of President Biden's voters believe there is no real difference between Republicans and fascists. There's not. In anti-fascism, the course of a crusade, Paul Gottfried claims alluding to the impending dangers of fascism underpins the dark vision for America expressed by Packer, Chait, and Obadiah and also a large share of social justice advocates in explaining the contrasting view of the January 6th Capitol assault compared to violence during urban demonstrations last summer. One of the book's reviewers, James McElroy, claimed that fascism is a permanently lurking evil that can reemerge at any moment. I mean, I can show you the fucking videos of the cops hunting protesters from last summer. We just had those released thanks to a civil case that looks like fascism to me. 
Jordan fascism, many social justice advocates labeled the danger right-wing authoritarianism, linking Trumpism with Brazil's President J.R. Bolsonaro and Hungary's Prime Minister Viktor Orban. While right-wing authoritarianism is well-documented, researcher Thomas Costello and his Emory colleagues have found that left-wing authoritarianism is far from inconsequential. What? Well, because there's not even a fucking left-wing party in this fucking country. Well, Costello estimated that in the United States, right-wing authoritarians are probably three times the number of left-wing authoritarians. Sally Sattel, a psychiatrist and resident scholar at the... So, like, he wanted to bring up his point, but then just kind of brushes over the fact that he says there's three times more prevalent. Sally Sattel, a psychiatrist and resident scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, noted in an article in The Atlantic, one doesn't need to believe that left-wing authoritarians are as numerous or as threatening as their right-wing counterparts to grasp that both phenomenon are a problem. No! But any person with a rationally thinking brain understands what a false equivalency is and how fucking fascists try to make it in order to downplay their own fascism, like in this goddamn article. Right-wing authoritarians uh, appear to be more significant in rural, less populated areas, and their efforts may result in uh, illiberal policies in some states. I live in Alabama. We we rank last or next to last for fucking everything. However, however, the more pressing issue is that at universities and in much of urban America, there appears to be more danger from liberal authoritarians who are often emboldened by some in the media who amplify their exaggerations of dangers posed by the fascist right. What? More troubling, labeling Republicans as fascist right-wing authoritarians or white supremacists has nothing to do with finding solutions to two pressing social problems in America. Gun violence, especially in predominantly black communities, and the educational deficiencies of too many black youngsters. What? Indeed, one might argue that left-wing authoritarians, by trying to silence all those who want to look beyond white racism to understand the persistence of racial disparities, stand in the way of finding solutions to these problems. Fuck you, Robert Cherry. Well, that's certainly not left-wing. Liberals are not left-wing. Vilifying Republicans is the problem. Keep that one in mind. Vilifying Republicans is the problem. Vilifying Republicans is the problem. Florida vendor sells hats with Nazi symbols during motorcycle rally. Vilifying Republicans is the problem. A vendor has come under fire literally... I don't know why we get called white supremacists. I don't know why would we get called white supremacists. 
A vendor has come under fire for selling hats featuring Nazi symbols during Florida's Biketoberfest, which draws thousands of biker, uh, bikers to the state's uh, blah, 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 Daytona Beach area all month long. The vendor, who goes by Jenny, told Daytona Beach News Journal that she sold the hats embroidered with swastikas and skull and bones logos as a tribute to World War II veterans. German veterans? What? <laughs> it doesn't mean what people think, Jenny told the news outlet. A lot of people don't know the history, so they label me a racist, which is not true at all. She added that she sold the accessories at several other biker rallies and had not heard any complaints. Jenny also sells wallets, chains, rings, and hats that do not have Nazi symbols on them. Some Florida locals express their discontent with the apparel. Marvin Miller, president of the Jewish Federation of Velosa and Flagler Counties, called to sell the items a shame. It's just a shame in this day and age, Miller told the News Journal. It never stops. We just have to deal with it and just remember that we're still America. Unfortunately, people abuse some of the wonderful uh, rights we have and take it to extremes to spread propaganda. Jonathan Davis, who is the lead singer of Korn, who shared a Facebook post of the hats alerting his followers to the sale of the merchandise, said that the Nazi imagery had no place in society. It's absolutely disgusting to see a vendor selling Nazi and SS gear, but it's even worse that the only reason they would do so is because people are actually buying it. I'm sorry it cut out the picture, but it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was next to a whole bunch of, like, anti-Biden shit. Yeah, there you go. Next to next to fucking Trump hats. There is the picture for everybody to see. Oh, we, we sell Trump hats next to Nazi symbolism next to Let's Go Brandon shirts. And we wonder why people call us Nazis and white supremacists. Vilifying Republicans is part of the problem. Let's head on down to another rally. It was the Proud Boys with their Fall Love Fest. So this was in L.A. Uh, This was yesterday. Let's hear what they got to say. So a lot of them are single. There you go. There's the WP for white power. I am so sorry that I had... I don't know if their internet cut out or what, and they couldn't come back in. I was not done. I had so many things that I wanted to fucking skewer those motherfuckers on. I, you guys have no clue what all I had up my sleeve. 
I am so sad that we lost out on being able to talk to them. But then I got the blind money underwear dude in here after that. And that was pretty cool. I well, th- clearly they're having a rally saying, uh, we don't have anybody to fuck us. If anybody wants to fuck us, please come up here. We're the proud boys. You're going to need more soy to handle these guys. You and your little ninjas to attack any of the freedom-loving Americans who are going to be at that front line. And if we go... I, I wish you people could feel embarrassment. Please learn to feel embarrassment, you dumb motherfuckers. It would save the rest of us so much fucking time. About 14 words at most. Ah! Fantastic joke. Do not search the 14 words. You might have the FBI come knock on your door. Probably to recruit you, to be honest. You've been looking up the 14 words. You want to come join us? Talking into kidnapping a governor. QAnon's Ron Watkins is running for Congress. How did we get here? (laughs) (laughs) And like, it's not that they used an unflattering picture of him. That's the way he looks at all fucking times. They They didn't just like go out of their way to find an unflattering picture. I actually had to explain that to my buddy the other day of like what the number 88 I was like if you see that that's like a Nazi thing for the HH the Heil Hitler you see somebody that's got in like their screen name and shit on fucking Twitch they're a Nazi <sighs> that's the way he always looks they didn't, they didn't just like get a bad picture of him that is literally the way he always looks Back in May, Ron Watkins announced that he was launching a new venture called Alien Leaks. Essentially, Watkins wanted to make WikiLeaks, but for information about UFOs. The site was a complete and utter failure. In fact, it attracted so few leaks that Watkins had to post his own close encounter three months later when he claimed to have seen an alien aircraft flying over his apartment in Sapporo, Japan. At a moment, he just happened to be filming the right part of the sky. When I contacted uh, con- when I contacted Watkins about alien leaks, I took the opportunity to ask him about what appeared to be his admission in Colin Hoback's HBO documentary that he had, in fact, posted on 8chan as Q, the mysterious leader of the QAnon movement. Rather than answering my questions directly, Watkins sent me a video of himself in the Japanese wilderness dressed as some sort of cowboy samurai video made little sense, especially since Watkins was speaking on camera, but the sound came from a voiceover track he recorded separately. We don't have the fucking video?
I want to see this video. We got this. We got these stills here. The time with former President Trump out of office and Q gone silent, many people believed that this was the beginning of the end of QAnon and of Watkins' moment in the spotlight. But on Thursday, Watkins showed his ability to reinvent himself once again, announcing that he's planning to run as a congressional candidate in Arizona. Oh, maybe maybe he can clean up. There you go. There's a there's a good looking picture of him. I guess, as good as you can get. How do we get to the point where one of the people who's most responsible for the rise of QAnon believes that running for public office is a viable option? Because after Trump, anybody can fucking do it. Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't, if you, if you have been thinking about running for office, do it now. Anyone can get elected. It's been proven. Fucking do it. We need good people. There are whack jobs going to be running for everything especially school boards and city councils. Get your ass out there, run for office. I'll help you out. Matt Gates can become a congressman. You can too. Watkins was born in the late 1980s after his father, Jim Watkins, met a South Korean woman while he was serving in the U.S. military. Watkins moved around a lot as a child due to his father's job as a helicopter engineer with the fucking socks. Stop it, dude. Stop fucking... Sparkles thinks Socks is a Trump supporter because he's like anti-mask now. He keeps going over to like my box of masks and he tri- Socks, go! I keep coming in here with masks thrown across my fucking floor because the cat keeps getting into them. That's my life right now. It's like Sparkles and I were having we're having dinner last night. The cat is an anti-masker, yes. We're having dinner at the table last night. Right next to the little nook I have my masks on and I haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> Once again, we were going to go we were going to go out last night. She comes over and she's like, no, nah, I'm going to door dash it. I would like, he's the smartest cat. I would hope he understands the need for masks. But seriously, I just, I, I keep having to get into it with him. He saw how sick she made me. <laughs> he wants her to wear a mask now every time she comes over. Or, 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 Sox has been listening to this right, uh, right-wing right fucking propaganda like this GOP lawmaker who is encouraging students not to wear masks in school. Does, does he have the little white under his nose? Yes. Where'd you go to, buddy? I don't know where he is. Representative Bob Good encouraged a group of students to go against their school's now, I'll, I'm going to do a better job of reading it than you, dude. You shut the fuck up. Representative Bob Good encouraged a group of students to go against their school's policy and not to wear masks. Nobody in Rappahannock, 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 that's it. 
if nobody in Rappahannock complies with the mask mandate, they can't stop everyone, Good said to a government class of 20 students on Thursday, Rappahannock News reported. If I was y'all, I'd say none of y'all wear a mask. What are they going to do? They're still going to have school. They probably won't have school because, as we've seen, the schools without mask mandates have to keep closing down because the kids keep getting sick. Oh, I'm sorry. Did somebody hit the show kitty? Uh, you get a smoky. You get a Maynard. Hi, Maynard. Say hey to everybody. He does not like that. I don't know where socks went. Would you guys redeem multiple cats? Do I have to show multiple cats here? No, there was only one cat. You got one cat. You got Maynard. Okay, so he's doing this thing here lately. He's up on the cat tree, and when I walk by, like, you know, I'll stop and I'll pet him, I'll hug him and everything. And then he will just haul off and smack me in the face when I'm walking away. He's like, wham! Like socks. Buddy, what the fuck? Can't believe he's so violent. But hey, we shouldn't vilify Republicans. He does. He's sweet. But then, like, we were laying in bed the other day, and I'm petting him, and he's all, like, curled around my arm, and then, boom, bites my finger. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? That's not, that's not, that's not good. Yes, we need fucking broadband for everybody. Universally available, not over a barrel with an ISP, which I'm like, I've only got, I'm, I'm forced, forced to have one specific ISP. I can't go somewhere else. We absolutely should vilify Republicans, especially assholes like Graham Allen. How many people are actually in the government, right? Like how many people are actually employed by the government? You know, you got the military, you got DHS. I want to say it's something like 3 million, 4 million, but I might be way off on that. There go U.S. government. This is the World Wide Web.
Right at 3 million people. That's federal. You're looking at about 20,000 state and local. Yeah, FBI, CIA, all this other kind of stuff. I said, meh, you know, maybe two, three, four million people tops that are actually employed by the U.S. government. And I got to thinking, holy crap, there's 360 million people that we know about in this country. Why are we letting these people who have never missed a paycheck, who have more money? Whoa, 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 whoa. Most of those 3 million people working for the government are like postal workers and people working in offices and shit. They're not fucking making decisions, you asshole. And they definitely have missed paychecks. You know, when we do those shutdowns over government funding than you will ever have who have never had to figure out how to send little Timmy off to baseball camp, tell you that you can't open your business. You can't go to the gym. You can't see your family on the holidays. You can't see your family that's dying. First of all, nobody said you can't open your business. When we had the when we had the lockdowns, it was it was mass gatherings. Like say you you ran a restaurant, you could do curbside pickup. You had you had that was the that was one of my main points during the pandemic. Is like this is an opportunity for you to rework your business. They're not telling you you can't operate your business. They're telling you that you can't have mass gatherings during a pandemic, which makes perfect sense. So instead of whining about it. You're, you're this supposedly this business owner that got there with your business acumen and being able to uh, shoulder the burden, shoulder this burden, suck it up and find a new way to make money. Is, is, like, is this guy a pastor? I thought like he was an ex-military like right-wing pundit asshole. You can't go to church all the while when tax season. You you absolutely could go to church. Like you could fucking you could have had services on Twitch all goddamn day long. You just couldn't gather together in person. It's a hell of a lot easier to not uh, um, tell a lot easier to pass around that offering plate when you're in person. While these old folk don't know how to work the PayPal and the Venmo to give you the donations. Because it's a cute bandana that says Happy Halloween. Comes around, they're like, where is our money at? Why do we let these people tell us how to live our lives when we are the American people, we are the boss, we the people... The dumbest fucks walking the planet. It's time that we say, make us. That's what I say. Thank you. I thought so. Aw. Back at you. Did I say these people? What did I mean these people? Or is he saying these people? He's meaning the liberal elites. Don't let the hypocritical elites control your life. That's when I was talking to that, like, don't unfriend me guy, Matt Spear. We were having that that argument. He called me an elitist. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean, elitist? I'm from one of the poorest regions in the world. I'm the I'm the grandson of a UMW miner. What do you mean elitist? It makes no sense to me. 
I'm happy to report this story to you guys. Five times as many police officers have died from COVID as from guns since the pandemic began. COVID-19 is the leading cause of death for police officers, even though members of law enforcement were among the first to be eligible to receive the vaccine. Nearly 476 police officers have died of COVID-19 since the pandemic started, compared to the 93 deaths as a result of gunfire in that same time period, according to ODMP and CNN. Many police officers across the country are refusing the COVID-19 vaccine and ignoring local mandates to get vaccinated. The Chicago Police Union threatened to file a temporary restraining order to stop the city's COVID-19 vaccination mandate for city employees from taking effect on Friday. Yeah, their their shooting numbers are horrendous. Like, we're talking single digits on the range for a lot of them. Let's watch a cop whine about these vaccine mandates. This is my final sign-off. After 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington, um, being asked to leave because I am dirty. Um... Numerous fatalities, um, injuries. Oh, I'm betting you're dirty as fuck, dude. Most cops are. I bet you're dirty as shit. I've worked sick. I've played sick. Um, We've buried lots of friends over these years. I'd like to thank you guys. I'd like to thank the um, citizens of Yakima County, as well as my fellow officers within the Valley. Without you guys, I wouldn't have been very successful, and you've kept me safe and got me home to my family every night. Um... Thank you for that. Um, and Lego Batman. <laughs> I wish I could say more, but um, this is it. So, State 1034, this is... ACAD, I'm there. Hear me in a state patrol car. And Jay Inslee can kiss my ass. Jay Inslee being the governor of Washington. 1034, thank you for your 22 years and five months of service to the citizens of Washington State. You've taken on many roles in your time with the patrol. Yeah, fuck you, dude. You're a piece of shit. Look at you grandstanding, making yourself the victim. I wish you people could feel embarrassment. ...and reconstructionist, peer support member, part of the chaplaincy board, and a CBD trooper. You've been a great role model and mentor for all young troopers serving in the area by sharing your knowledge and experience throughout the years. Thank you for your service. 1906. Number one cause of death among cops by a country mile is COVID. Good job, motherfucker. Good job. I love it. Speaking of assholes, here's the CEO of Delta. Apparently, they are going to buck the White House's mandates. Everybody has to say on Fox Business. What makes things better for the world? You are the last U.S. carrier holding out on uh, the vaccine mandate for your employees. Tell me why. Well, the reason the mandate was put in by the president, I believe, was because they wanted to make sure companies had a plan to get their employees vaccinated. Uh, A month before the president came out with the the mandate, we'd already announced our plan to get all of our people vaccinated. And the good news is is the plan is working. At Delta today, we are 90% vaccinated, fully vaccinated across our entire company and more and more vaccinations are coming in by the day. So I expect by the time we get to November next month, we're going to be at the 95% threshold. And when you consider there's going to be religious and some 
uh, medical accommodations made uh, that we're going to need to consider. So what's the uh, issue? We're done, we'll be pretty close to fully vaccinated as a company without going through all the divisiveness of a mandate. You know, we're proving that you can work collaboratively with your people, trusting your people to make the right decisions, respecting their decisions, and not you know, forcing them over the loss of their jobs. Ed, um, but he admitted that getting vaccinated is the right decision, touted the high numbers. Of course. Great to be with you, Liz. Anytime. Ed Bastian, CEO of Delta Airlines. Notice how that was fucking framed. Delta Airline CEO dunks on Biden, won't comply with Biden mandates. It is so wild the way they name things to try to get clicks. I don't I don't know that I, I see any issue with Delta. I see issue with right-wing propaganda. An ER and an urgent care are set to close temporarily as nurses go on strike over fair pay. And I say, fuck yeah. ...are on strike in Plymouth for three days. They went on strike at 7 o'clock this morning in a dispute over wage and holiday pay. Abbott Northwestern's West Health Emergency Department and urgent care facilities are temporarily closed for three days. In a statement, Alina Hell said, throughout negotiations, we have consistently offered proposals that demonstrate our commitment to our employees, including an immediate wage increase to align wages with other metro hospitals and agreeing to some of the union's other priority issues. The entire West Health building is not closed. It's just the ER and urgent care clinic on the north end that are temporarily closed for three days. Alina Health said patients will be directed to other health care sites while the urgent care and emergency room are shut. October continues. What solidarity looks like with Kellogg's workers. Oh, shit, this is kind of long. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Working People, a podcast about the lives, jobs, dreams, and... Like Frito-Lay, Nabisco, John Deere, and Heavenly Hill Distillery, cereal giant Kellogg's has seen consumer demand skyrocket during the pandemic, reporting profits of $1.25 billion in 2020. Meet this demand. Many workers in Kellogg's plants around the U.S. report pulling 12 to 16 hour shifts seven days a week, leaving little time for anything outside of work beyond sleep. But the creation of a two tier employment system in 2015 has meant that newer employees in the lower transitional tier are earning significantly less than their co workers for doing the same work. Demanding that the company raise the floor for all its employees, Kellogg's plant workers in Nebraska, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Tennessee have been on strike since October 5th. All right, so that was the intro to the podcast. I I would recommend you watch this. Maximilian Alvarez, The Real News. I might check this out later. Production uh, workers in Hollywood. 
have reached a tentative agreement. A nationwide strike that would have started on Monday was averted when the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, IOTSE, reached a tentative three-year agreement with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers for the basic and videotape agreements, which affects 40,000 film and television workers represented by 13 West Coast IOTSE local unions. The proposed contract addresses core issues including reasonable rest periods, meal breaks, a living wage for those on the bottom of the pay scale, and significant increases in compensation to be paid by news media companies. This is a Hollywood ending, said IOTSE International President Matthew Loeb. Our members stood firm. We are tough and united. Fuck yeah. All right, let's talk about some cops. In Philadelphia, they've passed a bill barring cops from making minor traffic stops. And that is something I've been an advocate for for a very long time. Lawmakers in Philadelphia have passed legislation barring cops from making minor traffic stops that critics say unfairly target minorities, becoming the first major U.S. city to do so. Mayor Jim Kinney is expected to sign the legislation into law in the coming days, and it would take 120 days to take effect after that. The Philadelphia City Council voted 14-2 on Tuesday to pass the Driving Equality Bill designed to reduce unequal police practices against minority motorists or what's been called driving while black for minor offenses such as a busted taillight or expired inspection stickers. A companion bill that passed Thursday also mandates the creation of a public database of traffic stops, allowing users to search data about the alleged infraction. Sounds like a fantastic idea. Let me hit you with another one. NYP has ordered cops to do nothing as drug addicts shoot up. New York City's war on drugs. This is the New York Post we're reading from. Which is why it's going to sound like this. The New York City's war on drugs is over and the junkies won. Good. Good. I was rooting for the junkies. New York Police Department waved the white flag last week upon orders to surrender from Albany directing officers to let drug addicts freely shoot up on city streets and even let them share needles. Well, I'm not for that. We should set up safe injection sites where people can watch over people injecting drugs. Effective immediately, members of the service should not take any enforcement action against any individual who possesses a hypodermic needle, even when it contains residue of a controlled substance, states a directive to New York Uh, police department commanders issued last Friday and obtained by the post. Well, good. In a country where we profess fucking freedom, let people fucking shoot up drugs if they want to. Let's do a couple of school board stories here. This one is wild And I don't know what to think about it. Because a lot of this seems like a setup by Ben Shapiro. Uh, 
So Loudoun County Superintendent apologizes and a board member resigns as backlash grows over an alleged sexual assault. Now, the reason why I say I'm skeptical of this is because Ben Shapiro's organization is saying that a kid wore a skirt, walked into the girls' restroom, and assaulted another girl. This dude was at a board meeting in Loudoun County, Virginia. I believe we watched the video. It happened two or three months ago. He was taken down by the cops during the board meeting. He is claiming that his daughter was assaulted by someone pretending to be trans. That moment turned Scott Smith from an outraged father to the left's new embodiment of the right-wing domestic terrorist. But what was the real reason Smith showed up at that June? I was thinking the less embodiment of a right-wing terrorist was Laura Ingram, whose own brother says she's a fucking Nazi. In school board meeting in the first place. Because weeks earlier, he says his daughter was sexually assaulted by a boy wearing a skirt in the girls' bathroom at school. What's worse is that school officials attempted to cover it up. Do we have assaults in our bathrooms or our locker rooms regularly? To my knowledge, we don't have any records of assaults occurring in our restroom. The issue of assaults taking place or transgender students assaulting other students in the restroom, uh, Time magazine in 2016 called that um, a red herring. The predator transgender student is or person simply it does not exist. Agreed. But that's not all. According to the stunning expose by the Daily Wire's Luke Rosiak that The Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro's organization, which we should all be skeptical of. ...covered all of this. It wasn't just Loudoun School officials trying to brush this under the rug, but the county's Soros-backed prosecutor as well. Soros-backed! ...joins me now exclusively. Scott, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Holy fuck! ...emotionally a grueling time for you and your family. Tell us, if you can, what happened to your daughter and how Loudoun County officials handled it. I, uh, content warning, I guess, fuckers. Hi, and thanks for having us on the show. Um, This has been a crazy three months, but basically my daughter was sexually assaulted at the end of school in May of last year. And, um, you know, I went to the school board meeting, you know, to see what was going on because I I had seen all this crazy stuff on TV and I went to see what was going on. Probably not her type. She likes propagandists. Um, You know, there was some crazy stuff being talked about, you know, you know, people for things, for against things. I wasn't there for any, you know, I'm good with gay people, cross-gender people, everybody, anybody who wants to be a good American, I'm good with. A Dave hater? I went there to find out... Producer Dave's one of my best friends. That's where I'm going to dump the chat here in a few minutes. next thing I know, you know, another parent, activist, you know, approached my wife and started antagonizing. Love Dave Chappelle. I turned around and, and said stop, and then I... 
Then I tried to tell the lady. Wires are morons. And she looked me dead in the face and said, "That's not what happened." Not what we're talking about right now. And that just struck me. Like, how do you know what happened? You don't even know me. And then she kept going, and and the police came, and you know the officer was trying to help out. He said we needed to be kind to one another. And I said, okay. And I turned my head and she started in on me again and threatened my family business, my life. If you would like to talk about something other than what we're discussing right now, give me a call, 917-830-4359. You can ask whatever the fuck you want or you can hop in the Discord chat. Just let me know and I'll hop in there too. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Livelihood. Everything. Yes, yes. Everybody, everybody wants you to call Justin. I, I don't know. Like I'm, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but also like I have great skepticism because it's coming from Ben Shapiro. I don't know that somebody wasn't put up to this. I want to see what an official investigation found out. You know, gives my family what we need. She threatened to ruin my business on social media. The next thing I know, I'm getting touched from all over the place. I didn't know who was touching me, who was grabbing me. I turn around, the police are grabbing me, and next thing I know, I'm tackled to the ground. Trying to fight him, it looks like. I'm just shocked and horrified. Um, do you feel like the I do want to say though that we support horrified that you got treated by the police the way the police treat people every fucking day didn't have to happen and this could have been handled a lot differently you know but Scott I gotta the ask you this I, 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 I gotta my ask daughter you, I gotta ask you this yeah I want to ask you about that the prosecutor knew about your daughter but the school board officials at that meeting, when they were drinking their Diet Coke or whatever they were drinking, they seemed bored by the entire conversation, citing some article and some other media publication that had nothing to do with your, you know, certainly what happened to your daughter or any, any other possible uh, assault. Did they, did they seem to have a compassionate or... Cons- I don't remember the context, but we watched that video when it happened. To what? Just what was going on? And yeah, general? just all of it. All of all the concerns of all no, the parents being raised. No, they no, they were tuning us all out. They were looking away. They were reading magazines. It, it, it was a joke. They, I believe, and I'd never been to a school board meeting before, so I didn't know what to expect. But I believe that they had full intentions on trying to shut that thing down early, because every time we clapped. You know, or try to support somebody that we got scolded for it. You know, why aren't we allowed to clap? Why aren't we allowed to boo? You know, everybody has their own opinion. Why can't everybody just get along and discuss our differences? I think he is suing the school here in Loudoun County. It's all one-sided. Well, the county, the county sheriff's office announced last week that a teenager from Ashburn has been charged with sexual battery and abduction of a fellow student at Broad Run High School. That suspect remains held at the Loudoun County Juvenile Detention Center. The name of the suspect cannot be released due to the fact that he's a juvenile. Scott, you say this is the same boy who sexually assaulted your daughter. Um, 
How do you know that? This is, in fact, the sexual predator that assaulted my daughter. We were under the impression from the prosecutor that this sexual predator was being held on in-house arrest with an ankle monitor and would not return to school until these court sessions were done. You know, you're innocent until you're proven guilty. I understand that. But we do have to protect everyone at the same time. I was told by everyone, our, my attorneys, the prosecuting attorney, friends of the family, people I don't even know, that if I wanted justice for my daughter, that I needed to... Don't take legal advice from people you don't even know. Trust me. ...to keep my mouth quiet and not speak out because in order to get justice for my daughter which is the most important thing to me, of course, was to not come out and let justice prevail. So you were supposed to when be I quiet. When I found out on Friday night. You were supposed to be quiet, not talk about this publicly. Correct. I mean, it was my decision not to speak out. Nobody, you know, I, nobody muzzled Wait, me. So his, his lawyers advised him not to talk because of the ongoing litigation. To have a finality... And a possible conviction that I you have every right to, to speak out. I'm sorry, Scott. Quiet. You have every right to speak out. You're a father of a of a daughter who was sexually assaulted by someone who you said who came into that bathroom is wearing a skirt. Okay, and then they're making you I, out to I, be a I, domestic I, terrorist at the Department of Justice by implication. Well, that just but that just started. That just happened a week or two ago. So you got to understand. You know, this happened the last week of May. And then, you know, school ended, you know, and the school board and the school system just went on summer break and abandoned us. My wife and I had to spend the entire summer, you know, rebuilding our daughter. You know, unfortunately, there was a couple, you know, you know, rough nights. It, it was it was it was hell. But the good news is my daughter's doing very well. Oh, God bless She's her. She's a survivor. She's a winner. And so are me and my wife. Scott, your message to what parents me across come out. This, yeah, your message to parents across the country who yeah, cut them off, Laura. Want to have their voices heard on any issue at any school board meeting? Should they feel intimidated given what our political system is saying about possible meetings getting out of control and extremists or domestic terror or threats? Should well, they feel intimidated? Well, that whole thing Scott? is nonsense, Laura, and I'll tell you why. Because, first of all, I didn't go there to boycott the anything. I You're went not there political. To see you what you was established going on. that. You established that. You're not political. Okay, okay. You're not political. You just went on with the Nazi woman on Fox News. School board meetings because of the intimidation. Right. The Daily Wire is the exclusive reporter of your story. And then last Friday night, the phone rang. I actually believe it was a text. From a concerned parent to my wife and said, I need to know what the boy's name is. And we said, we will never discuss that. Why? And then they proceed to tell my wife that there was another assault at Broad Run High School. And the rumor is that it's the same boy. I, I, I couldn't believe for... I, I, 
I started arguing with my wife about it because I said this yeah. is impossible. Stop feeding into social media. This didn't happen. Well, well, Scott, and we are gonna within yeah, a Scott, half an hour. Yeah. Within a half an hour, it was confirmed that yes, this did happen. And well, as, I basically again, said, "That's yeah. it. I won't stay. I won't stay quiet anymore." Well, as as we and, are having this ongoing discussion, I, but as I said, though, like this this whole thing is coming. And this stuff has to from stop. Ben Shapiro. Well, the the right the rights of transgender you, students you, you, put, being put against over the, the rights of thing regular folks. That's scary. That's really scary. You know that our government is going to weaponize themselves against parents, and 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 they're using my video. No, no, they're trying to protect. That's wrong. School board. I'm members. I'm not a racist. From harassment and in I love this country. People on the opposite side. Yeah, well we uh, we all want people to have freedom to speak out and not be intimidated or branded terrorists, especially if they're concerned about their safety of their We all want people to have the freedom to speak out, says the the people that are on the side of harassing school board members. Let me show you uh, an example of it. It happened just a few days ago. <laughs> There's a woman at a school board meeting who had to be removed from, uh, by police. This happened in Tennessee. Want to cancel Columbus Day in exchange for Indigenous Peoples Day. However, yes, it was the Daily Wire that triggered him into compromising an ongoing investigation. I had a hard time on Monday night explaining to my son why it is we celebrate Thanksgiving if Christopher Columbus was such an SOB to everybody, why in the world one month later would they sit down at a beautiful feast and give thanks for what they had? Because it just doesn't make any sense to me, right? The two things have nothing to do with each other. It just doesn't make any sense. Because it's not about our kids anymore, right? I mean, our... That, I think you well, don't know what you're talking about. And this Tennessee Studies Weekly, Miss Carissa Neely, the author of these studies right here, has selected multiple pointed facts. I didn't ban him. Thank you. To learn, to make learning fun and easy. Ma'am, your time has expired. I don't ban people. If he knew what Columbus Day was, do you want to know what he told me? Our next guest. He said, yeah, it's when Christopher Columbus sailed to the Oh. has got that power. I'll, I leave it up to the chat. Cause fuck him. That's why. Throwing that little Dave Chappelle. Your time has expired, ma'am. Thank you for your time. Ma'am, you're being, dis you you're being disrupted. Please remove Our next guest. I think that is what they're concerned about now. I don't think it has anything to do with the It is the Troll Patrol. Our next guest is Barbara Dillman. I just read the news until somebody tries to troll me. So that's an example of, you know, people getting heard at school board meetings. Where's my fucking notes? 
<laughs> Staying in Tennessee. There's some controversy going on. Maybe it was in Virginia. It was in Virginia? It was in Gate City, Virginia. My bad. Outrage after Gate City high school students paint their faces black during the school's homecoming. Outrage on social media. Oh, you're not actually going to show the fucking kids? Because, like, I have the video. I mean, they did it in public. Logan. Logan, I sure almost to know why you're doing this. Because you're inspirational. Look at this man. Look at this man. There you go. Gate City High School students painted their faces black at school. It happened Tuesday while the school's homecoming spirit week was underway. News 5's Maria Roberts spoke with a recent alum about the situation. It's not funny. Racism is not a joke. Videos have surfaced showing three students with their faces painted black at Gate City High School. Due to the presence of minors, we have blurred out the students' faces. I don't know if they think they're funny, like, because... Like, they, they just can't use it as an excuse. It happened during homecoming week. The theme was camouflage. It's not camo. They weren't wearing camo. It's regular clothes. Nevaeh Benjamin. The one had an orange fucking hoodie on. This made me really sad with Gate City, honestly. Since the incident occurred, I have been reaching out to the principal as well as members of the school board and the county central office. The superintendent did reply to News 5 in an email which said that they're not able to discuss student disciplinary actions at this time, but they're dedicated to providing a safe learning environment for the students of Gate City. Gate City has a Instagram page, a Twitter page, a Facebook page, and they haven't said anything. She hopes the students in the photos apologize. If they wrote an apology, if they just said an apology, like, like out loud, like to the school. In Gate City, Virginia, I'm Maria Roberts. The episode of South Park where you got Jesse Jackson, he's like, apologize. Go on, apologize. And he's shaking his ass. I it did seem like the kids were kind of bullying them somewhat. So good on on them. I don't know. I would say the majority in Gate City aren't offended by that. To be honest with you, just just knowing Gate City the way I do. What happens when a poppy meets a parrot? If Cody jumps on him, he'll do Chico, that's the problem. Oh, I didn't know the parrot was going to try to attack him. The puppy's being awful patient. Oh, he's getting pecked. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Chico. Come on, Chico. Don't play with Cody, he's too big. <laughs> come on, G. Come on, Cody. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> They're just establishing boundaries. Look at this little pink asshole. What a cute little dog's asshole. 
That puppy's adorable. He's wanting to play. I don't think the bird wants any of it. Give him a little warning peck. Not the night, Come on, Chico. Come on, Chico bird. Chico bird. Come on. Come on, Chico. I would, if I was a betting man, I'd take the bird. Yeah. Where's Chief? Where's Cody? Well, fuck, it looks like I lost the internet, but hey, it's the end of the show. Chico. Yep, yep, looks like looks like my internet's doing that thing again where it's like sucking ass. But once again it is it is the end of the show, so I guess if any time it was gonna happen, it's good that it happened now. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back, it's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sack. If you are watching on Twitch, you are heading over to Echoplex Media. Producer Dave gonna take real good care of you. I'm Justin Freakin. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live.